I've been wondering, Jan, my wife Jan and I have been uh, attending IPC here for about a year and a half and uh, really do value so much about what your church family and ministry are here. But one of the, uh, the, the gifts is the ministry of music. And uh, I, I, I thought, when will I ever get a chance to say this? And I guess I got my chance this morning because I really think, I don't know the names of the people on the music team here, the worship team, but I, I know Robin's name. And I just, you know, there's just this, well, there's just this presence, this reality that says that she lives with a deep sensitivity to the, the, the way of the Lord, to the, the promptings and movings of the Spirit. Music is, is chosen with, um, with, with that kind of sensitivity and in obedience to the promptings of the Spirit. So uh, uh, I, I never really valued a lot, uh, you know, in my earlier years of ministry, you know, the, all this clapping stuff in church. But then I got used to the fact that there's, there is such a thing as a clap offering to the Lord. And so I just figured, thank you, Lord, for Robin. I mean, <laughs> and those other members of the team. You know, the, the, the scriptures talk about um, speaking truth and love. Well, I got a, uh, a phone call this morning from uh, Colin Harbison about 8 o'clock or so, uh, not, uh, an email, and I phoned him back, and it was this inquiry if I'd be willing to, uh, to speak this morning, and I said, okay. He told me the news about uh, Chris having to, uh, and his family going to the hospital, about his dad, Bob, and Bob, I've known over a lot of decades, and really a, a ministry model for me, and early, early years of my ministry in the late 70s and early 80s. Uh, but then Jan and I, my wife Jan and I, we're driving here this morning. I got this news. She said, sure, I'll speak. So we're driving here this morning, and, and, and Jan is driving, and she just says, George, you know, you're David Ayers. And, <laughs> and, uh, and, and Jan's not the hockey wife, okay? I mean, and, and she would say something like that. I thought, I, I said, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, well, you're the backup, backup, backup. You know? <laughs> oh, thank you, dear. That's truth and love, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, uh, I am going to be, Chris had invited me to speak um, on the 24th of, uh, of, of May. It's a couple months away, but, you know, pondering even about that uh, just over the last number of weeks, Lord, what do, I, what do I speak about when I come here? And I, you know, it's just been in my heart that when I come, I, I want to I speak about God. Now, that may seem like an odd and strange thing to say to a church family, but I was so thankful for the, uh, the friend at the back in the sound booth when I checked with him this morning. He said, if you don't speak from the Bible, I'm going to mute you, you know? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm here to, to speak about God. And I want to talk about the God of uh, Psalm 139. And in that psalm, there's one of the loftiest, mightiest descriptions in the whole of the Bible of the character and the being of the Lord. There, there's so much that's packed into those 24 verses. There's richness, there's depth to it. And it gets me wondering, at least, who am I, <laughs> me, of all people, to, to speak about the incredible realities 
of the, of the person of God, the, the backup, backup, backup. Who, who's he to speak about that? Because this God is big. And, uh, you know, I've gotten to know over the years how, how small I am. And this God is perfect. And, well, you can talk to Jan, and she'll tell you about how I'm glaringly imperfect. So I think it's... Um, it's wise for us to pray. Uh, speaking truth and love, Jan also said this to me, George, you know, as we're driving down here, you really should read the prayer of your friend, Christine O'Reilly, who's a ministry friend in Thedford uh, on, on Facebook this morning. So I, I, I read it coming down here, and I just want to uh, pray out, out of that because she tells the story about how on Friday evening she was holding, I, I think it's her granddaughter Jessie and just holding her close and um, singing and, and, and praying to her just getting her to sleep and, and then when she laid her down she saw she, uh, Christine had been wearing a, a, a cross and she saw the imprint of the cross um, on her granddaughter and she then crafted a prayer just about how that you know people would see the imprint of the cross in our lives. So pray with me. Lord, there's no way I can, uh, I can backstop this uh, time. I'm no David Ayers, but you're God. And so we call out to you this morning and let the imprint of the cross of the immeasurable gift of the work that was offered in love by your son Jesus for each one of us be so evident and real in the words I speak and the things we think and the things that we take from here this morning Holy Spirit imprint something deep and rich and real and personal and so wonderfully good and this we pray in Jesus name Amen well, Psalm 139 is 24 verses, and my friends at the back helped me out this morning. And, uh, you know, in other times, people used to stand to read the Scripture, you know, and, and uh, sometimes they still do. So I'm going to ask you to stand because we're going to read this responsibly. I'm going to read the odd-numbered verses. That's, you know, there's a reason for that, you know. And you're going to read the even verses, okay? So stand with me. If you're able, if you're able, stand. And I think they're going to put this up on the screen for us from Psalm 139. You read, uh, well, you just read the verse after I read. (laughs) (laughs) You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your 
If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become my night, become night around me. For you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you. When I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Amen. Please be seated. Well, the opening verses of this psalm uh, carry this remarkable truth. We've been singing something about it already that uh, God knows, and God knows you. And verse 1, it says that, God, you know everything about me. Verse 2, you know when I sit down or stand up. Verse 3, you know, God, everything I do. And verse 4 Lord, you know what I am going to say even before I say it. Uh, you know, I, I, I ponder all of that, and, and those words breathe relationship. That I am fully, you are, are fully known by God. And amazingly, this God who knows each one of us inside out, incredibly amazingly, he loves us. He fully deeply, wholly loves us. We're loved by him, fully known, fully loved by God. That's all about relationship. And it's a relationship of trust. It's, it's a confidence that, that we can have that I am cherished. I, I mean, think of it. This mighty creator God cherishes you. You are cared for by God. Jan and I have a... a a friend who worked as a nurse in South Thailand for 35 years and I was there many years ago with the Overseas Missionary Fellowship and I, I met Roberta and and when she retired and came home to Canada she didn't arrive with um, very much at all in her investment portfolio she really did not but this is the the email postscript that that is is on every email she sends out because the Lord is my shepherd I have all that I need. Because the Lord's my shepherd, I have all the name. Now she works hard, I mean, she worked hard as a nurse, she works hard 
now to provide for herself. But underlying the whole of her life is, if you knew her, I think you'd agree, is this, this sweet and very deep understanding that she, she truly believes this, that she is fully known and she is fully loved by her good shepherd, by the God who is her provider, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who knows her and provides for her. And God knows you. I don't know most of you. I don't know what you bring here this morning, but God does. He knows you. And He wholly and fully and completely loves you. And He wants you to have that kind of relationship with Him where you can say that with deep conviction and real confidence that I am fully known and I am fully loved by God. Well, God knows you. I have to, I have to move on. And the reason I have to move on is that... Um, Joyce gave me an order of service, and right beside it, it had the number of minutes I had to speak. So I have to keep going. Thank you, Joyce. I think she said it was on there. It's 90, so I'm, I'm, I'm moving to it. No, it wasn't really. <laughs> well, God knows you. But secondly, God is present with you. And, and this is uh, made evident in verses 5 through 12. And the language of this whole section carries um, the, the, the language of, uh, it's, it's, it's all about here of, of presence, that God is before you, and God is behind you, and there's nowhere that you can go, nowhere that you can be, that God is not going to be there with you. You know, it makes me think of the, of the wonderful um, breastplate prayer of St. Patrick and first day of March I need to say something about St. Patrick that day comes up in a couple of weeks but having just got back from paradise you know Scotland that ancestry I have Robertson I, I have to say this about Patrick that he wasn't born in Ireland and his favorite color is not green he was born near Dumbarton uh, in, in Kilpatrick in Scotland and his favorite color was blue and just think of that and you know he was also the patron saint of engineers. Any engineers? No? Well, well, there you go. Maybe you knew that. If you don't, just file it away now, Tim. All right? Um, but here's his prayer. Listen. I'm just going to read a, just a small portion of it. Christ be with me. Christ within me. Christ behind me. Christ before me. Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. And I don't think it was any accident that, because I just believe the promptings of the Spirit are at work in Robin's life that, that you know, to be overcome by your presence, Lord. Christ be with me. Well, here's what this psalm says. It says that God is with you, that the hand of God's blessing is on your head. Now, I was thinking, you know, I might call forth a, a volunteer just to illustrate this this morning, and, you know, Jason's right here, but I don't think I'll call him for it because just before I was about to come down and sit here, I was just standing out there, and, and I had not really met Jason before, but he came up and he, he said to me, he said, uh, George, my name is Jason. I'm one of the elders. Can you come here to this room with me? <laughs> you know? 
there are two ways that you can lay your hand on the shoulder of someone. You know, you can be a policeman who has caught them doing something wrong, and you can say to them, George, would you come? I'm one of the elders. Can you come here with me to this room, please? But Jason went on to say, we want to pray for you. Oh, thank you. You know, because that's the hand of someone who's with you. You know, it's the strong hand of the Lord that's going around you. That's not, you know, you don't stiffen up because he's there to condemn and accuse and, you know, send you off to IPC prison, you know. No. The hand that wants to guide you and direct you. Not a hand that causes you to tense up, but one that brings a word of comfort, a reassurance that supports you, to help you, to give you hope for what lies ahead. That's the presence of God with you. And this God is uh, present with you in everything. There's nothing. And I, I think of this this morning for Bob Little. There's nothing that can separate you from the strong hand of God's blessing on your life, be it this life or even the life to come, because God knows you. God's present with you. And last, God uh, creates you. Well, uh, he redeems you. You know, uh, every summer, Jan's family, originally from uh, Prince Edward Island. Islanders here? I haven't found that out, but no, you know, you've missed something. You know, you're from away like I am, but you can still go, you know. I mean, you go visit. But uh, we, oh, I've been, I, I, I proposed to Jan, and she said, well, I'll, I'll say yes if you'll come to PEI with me. Well, I said, oh, okay, I'm in, right? But 45 years we've been doing that trip to Prince Edward Island, and uh, every summer we come back with pottery. You know, there's... <laughs> There's a, you know, you love pottery. There's a place in South Rustico, uh, Goudros, uh, and uh, their, their website says this, that our collection features the work of talented maritime artisans, and they have a 2,000 foot, um, square, square foot uh, showroom that has the unique work of, uh, you know, 20 maritime potters. Well, God's an artisan, and God is the potter who formed you and shaped you in your mother's womb and you're, 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 you're God's workmanship. And, and every day of your life, you know, that's recorded in this artisan's notes, the artisan's book from your conception to the day of your death. You're there every day. You're under the Lord's watch. It, you know, it, you are far more than just a blob of tissue in your mother's womb. And you're going to be far, far more than just an inconvenience as the end of life comes for you. You are someone who's marvelous to your Creator God. Indeed, God thinks a whole lot about you. The, the, what is that? You read the verse. The, the thoughts of God about you outnumber the sands on a seashore, on an ocean beach. 
You can't count the number of thoughts that God has about you. My, our youngest daughter, Katie, told me uh, several years ago about a seemingly um, random event in the life of their, their family. Um, our grandson, Luke, who was two and a half at the time, he's going to be seven, believe it or not, with us, in just another week or so, but he's two and a half. He said just right out of the blue, you know, just the kids say this, this random thing. He says to his mom, no prompting, no leading, you know, no prior conversation, nothing like that at all. He just said to his mother, Mom, I'm Papa's buddy. Now, when my daughter told me that, I, I think you understand what I, what I did. I wept. Like I had, I had those tears of relationship because I want this young lad, soon to be seven, to ever and to always know that the relationship we have with each other is strong, it's deep, it's close, it's real, that, that he is my friend and I cherish him. And there'll never, ever be a day I, that, that I, won't, I want him to think of it. Lord, help him think of it when he's a, a, a teenager and as a young adult that he is someone exceedingly precious to his papa who thinks of him, who prays for him, who is for him. I want him to know that it will be impossible for him to take the full measure of the love that I have for him as his papa, that he is and he's always going to be papa's buddy. Well, God wants you to experience the same kind of thing in your relationship with him, to know it, to treasure this, to, to, to get it, and to live your life within it, to live your life out of it, that you are and always and ever will be cherished by the Lord, your creator, God. Now, before we get to the, the, the last two verses, which are really, I, I, I think, well-known Versus, there are some strong things. I, I thought I actually felt, and I understand it, that some of you cringed a little bit when <laughs> you read some of that stuff near the end because it's, it's hard. But those words, they, they come out of the moral compass that a relationship with God begins to develop within us. That, you know, those things that God finds abhorrent we abhor. And those things that grieve the heart of God, we grieve, we weep over. That we, we have this holy sense that something is, is not aligned in, in, a, in a significant way with the heart and the way of God. And, and our longing and the, everything within us cries out for God's justice and God's righteousness, God's holiness, God's purity and the longing of our hearts. How I understand these verses. They're not about people and about, you know, uh, hating people as such, but that our, that our longing is for everything in the whole of life and throughout this, 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 uh, this creation of God to line itself up with the order and the design of God so things will flourish and, and things will thrive and things will be according to the plan of God. But then we come to what I call the, uh, the concluding uh, five, and I think I'm on target here, Joyce, uh, the concluding five words of the, of the psalm. And I, I just summarize them like this, search, know, test, see, and lead. In these last two verses. And the heart here is, um, it's the kind of heart that wants to lead an open and honest and transparent life before God. That, Lord, I, I don't want to hide from you. I, I don't want 
And I know things aren't invisible to you, Lord, but I don't want to even pretend that they, that they are. I want everything about me, who I am, to be visible to you, my life from my beginning to my end, an open book before you, Lord. And then we come to that remarkable last phrase, and I just have to preface it by saying this, that, that as broken and messed up and out of alignment and disordered though my life may be, though you may feel today, this morning as you're here, your life may be the, 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 the junk, you know, the, the stuff that's coming against you. Hear these words from the God who created you who redeems you. The psalmist says this, Lord, lead me in the way everlasting. The God who knows you and knows you inside out. The God who's present with you the God who created you, this very God became a human being in the person of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, and friend in the sound booth, this is biblical. Jesus died for you in your place, in my place. And he's the one who was raised to life so that Today, I, you, every one of us might begin to live in this life, eternal life. Begin to live the kind of life, here and now, that's going to safely carry us right through into a new and better life, the more of the life to come. Today, see, today we begin to live the life everlasting. It starts now. It's not tomorrow. It starts now, right now. And it's a life that will never end because in Jesus Christ, this creator God, he's become your redeemer God. Uh, Robin, you and your uh, friends can, can come up. As I said, you know, Jan and I are, are um, we're relatively new folks here at PC and we're still trying to find our way around your church family getting to know you and join in with you on the call of God upon your life as his people. But if it hasn't been in the exact words, it's certainly been the, the same kind of thought that's been, been within me, you know, that's been rising up within me through the 20 months or, or, or so. You know, let me just step back. You know, uh, one of the first Sundays we, we came here, uh, uh, Chuck Congram, was speaking here and I thought oh I could come to a church where they get preaching like that and I told that to Chris I said but, but I can take your preaching too Chris yeah. <laughs> no I was kidding him because before uh, we heard Chuck we had come here I didn't know Chris very well actually I knew his dad better but we would had four Sundays here and, and I, I said to John I think we're coming back here this guy loves the Lord and he preaches for him <laughs> God's word, but you know, since that time, uh, this prayer has been within me, if not in the exact words, they're certainly around these last six words of the chapter. Lead me 
in the way everlasting. And that's been my heart prayer for this church family, for Chris, the elders, for, for you, that God would lead you in the way everlasting. I want just to offer a, a quiet moment here at the end for you to pray that for yourself to God. Lead me in the way everlasting. And then to, to pray it for IPC. Lead us, Lord, in the way everlasting. So let's just take a moment of quiet and just offer that to God. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Spirit, for those moments and times in worship when in music and in prayer and listening to your word, we have a sense of being overwhelmed by your presence. We speak back to you this morning our heart's prayer that you would lead us in the way everlasting and help us to keep on praying it to never stop praying it lead us Lord in the way everlasting 